Hello and welcome to the Nashville Daily Podcast. I'm Stuart Deming. And I'm Aaron Pennington. A headliner for the concert at the Music City Grand Prix was announced. The Ryman Auditorium was just awarded a very interesting status. Plus, Mayor Cooper's public thoughts about the party buses in downtown Nashville. We'll talk about all of this and more on Nashville Daily. should know by now here at Nashville daily we're thinking about Nashville literally daily every day daily every day uh, but if you're thinking Nashville as well then you should be thinking Brad think Brad Brad Reynolds is a Nashville based realtor closing in on 200 million dollars in sales and knows Nashville real estate like nobody else reach out to Brad at thinkbrad.com can also subscribe to his YouTube channel, Think Brad, and follow him on Instagram at Brad underscore Reynolds underscore Nashville. Do these three things. You'll be in a prime position for some giveaways starting in July. There you go. Thinkbrad.com and contact Brad if you're thinking Nashville. Yeah, if you want to buy a house, you want Brad. to sell a house. You're going to finish the statement. Oh, yeah. Think Brad. Think <laughs> Nashville. Think Brad. But if you're wanting to sell a house, uh, thinkbrad.com. Or if you want to buy a house, thinkbrad.com. There's a plenty of options to thinkbrad.com. <laughs> now, if you're coming to the Music City Grand Prix, uh, they just announced the headliner for one of the shows. I don't know if this is the Saturday night show. I think it is. Whatever's the headliner show. Uh, whatever is August, August 6th. Whatever's all, whatever day is August 6th. Uh, this is reported from News Channel 5. The headliner for... That's the Saturday evening. Yep. Okay. So the, the headliner for the big machine Music City Grand Prix will be Tim... McGraw, which I think is fantastic. I think he, he will draw an enormous crowd uh, on the main stage at the Nissan Stadium campus. Now, I, I, I don't think it's inside of Nissan Stadium. I think it's out where the entrance is. Well, I hope they get more parking seats. Lots. Yeah, because uh, that could that could take up Nissan Stadium just like uh, uh, Garth Brooks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> whatever that show Kenny, Kenny, Kenny that we talked about yesterday yeah, that yeah. broke a record. <laughs> <laughs> That's how important it was. Music. Yeah, we promise. We, uh, we could tell. Uh, so McGraw's concert performance has fireworks following uh, on the city's riverfront that can be viewed from the concert location. So if you love seeing fireworks downtown, this could be a great option to capture those. The concert will be the only stop in Nashville and Tennessee during McGraw's tour for 2022. So this is definitely going to draw a big crowd for McGraw. Yeah. So all big machine music city grand prix tickets for that day also include free access to the McGraw concert. That, I wonder if they're separating tickets a, a too. huge benefit uh, for them. So I think they're going to have major success. I think, I think this is a, a great, great opportunity for the music city grand prix. It's, it's a, Great addition to what they're going to be doing it's, all day it's on Saturday. It's crazy that it's already year two coming up for the Music City Grand Prix. Yep. Last August or, yeah, last July, we had an episode, a video episode with the founder of Music City Grand Prix. So you can find that in our archives. But speaking of a very successful venue, one of the most successful venues is found in Nashville, and that's called the Ryman Auditorium. 
Yes, the Ryman Auditorium uh, is notorious for having some of the best shows and some of, for the artists, some of their favorite shows to play is at Ryman Auditorium. Well, according to WKRN, uh, it was dedicated or designated uh, as a rock and roll Hall of Fame landmark. Which is pretty awesome. This happened last week uh, on May 27th. And they had the induction ceremony there at the Ryman Auditorium. This is one of only 12 landmarks that the Rock and Hall, Rock and Roll, wow, I struggle with that one, Hall of Fame Museum uh, has recognized as one of their famous landmarks throughout so, the country. So the venues like Austin City Limits and Whiskey A Go Go in Hollywood. Uh, those are part of the 12 as well of the 334 groups and performers who have been inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame. The Ryman auditorium has seen 112 of them grace. It's legendary stage over the 130 year history. I'm actually surprised that that's not higher. I thought it was going to be a little bit higher than that. Cause that's less than 50%, you know, but a, a lot of them probably uh, the Ryman auditorium is too small. You know, they were all playing in uh, um, either places that are big arenas, arenas or yeah. Madison Square Garden, th like those type of venues for a lot of these rock and roll hall of fame performers. Ryman probably too small wasn't on their list. So we did a uh, back in, I think September of 2021, we did an entire history series on the Ryman auditorium. So if you want to learn about the history of the Ryman auditorium, we have three videos. We also did a trivia game uh, that we did a little quiz on the Ryman Auditorium. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. That was uh, So it's an incredible place. Uh, if you have not been, make sure to visit the Ryman and take a backstage tour that's guided, not the self-guided. We'll talk more about that next week, though. Uh, Elvis is on that list of Rock and Roll Hall of Famers. Yes, he is. Although and it wasn't. It was Dolly not Parton. A, was not a good experience <laughs> yeah. for him. At the Ryman Auditorium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elvis was yeah. booed off the stage at the Ryman Auditorium. Dang, hip shaking. Yeah. <laughs> hip shaking too much. All right. Another thing that makes me shake is makes, food. Makes my hips shake. Yeah, it's food, uh, especially wine uh, from Grinder Switch. And Grinder Switch is a Tennessee winery that's located in uh, Centerville, Tennessee. And I went to their location to the first time. They have two locations. I have the Centerville location, and then they also have a location inside of Marathon Village. But I went to their Centerville where they actually grow the vines to grow make the, the wine <laughs> and i had uh, a few samplings which nice. are free there uh, at marathon village i believe it's ten dollars for a tasting okay uh, but i had their new one and it's a honeysuckle uh rose rose which is super delicious i also had their blackberry uh wine which is their sweetest wine and then i had their favorite wine of mine it's called the Blondie, and it's like a, a white wine, but a sweet white wine. A fantastic place. I would highly recommend it. So I, I recently went to Homegrown. In Donaldson, uh, in, correct? In Donaldson. Which uh, we just realized there's one in 5th and Broad, yeah, so too. Not the, not the Assembly Food Hall uh, location, but I went to the Donaldson location, and I got a chicken salad sandwich uh, on it, – it's on a croissant – um, and oh, their chicken salad is fantastic. The, the chicken salad was great. It's on a, a croissant. It has tomato and lettuce uh, on top of the, the chicken salad part of it. And they have some of the best, like, homemade kind of kettle-tasting uh, chips. And uh, it, it is an incredible meal. So I, I went to there in Donaldson recently, and I, I, I love it. It's, it's one of those places that you can go for lunch or, or dinner, but I went there for lunch in mm -hmm. Wanted something that was light, kind of sandwich-y uh, and everything, but wasn't too heavy. Uh, and, and so that's why I went to Homegrown, 
and it was great. They have a lot of, didn't get any beers on tap, but they have a lot of local beer on tap as well. That's awesome. Yeah, Homegrown is a great restaurant. I wonder what it's like in Fifth and Broad. I think we have to go and find out. I am very, very interested. All right, let's head over to Explorers Nashville tip of the day. If you're looking to get away this weekend, we have a great opportunity for you for Explorers Nashville tip of the day. Today is a great day to sign up for the Explore Meet that we're hosting tomorrow at Rutledge Falls. And if we can get access to it, Old Stone Fort State Archaeological Park. Can you talk a little um, bit about what an Explore Meet is? Yeah, so an Explore Meet is a... We try doing these monthly, but it's a monthly creative gathering for photographers, videographers, or people that just want to get out and create. But if you just want to get out and experience nature, this is also a great experience for you. But we just we we limit the size of people, so a group of fifteen to twenty people, and we go explore these areas of Tennessee. So that's why it's called an explore meet because we're exploring these areas of Middle Tennessee, and we're going to Rutledge Falls. It'll be at seven thirty a.m. Yes, that's super early, and it's an hour drive from. Nashville. So that means you may need to leave around like 5, 45, 6 o'clock uh, to get to Rutledge Falls. Hopefully the sun is still shining through the leaves and it looks absolutely amazing at that time. If we can, and if there's space available, immediately after Rutledge Falls, we're going to head to Old Stone Fort State Archaeological Park as long as there's enough room to fit the cars in because they've closed the park recently due to the amount of traffic yep. coming into the park. But if you want to sign up for this, head to explorenash.com, and it's right there on our homepage. That's xplrnash.com to sign up now. All right. That is Explores Nashville Tip of the Day. If you're looking for some of the best coffee in Nashville, you need to head to blessedaycoffee.com and you can use code EXPLORE20 to take 20% off at checkout. Their coffee is absolutely amazing. I literally wake up every morning and have a cup of their coffee. Blesses your day. Or their cold poo. Yes, it blesses my day every day. Head to Blessed Day Coffee right now and use a co code EXPLORE20 to take 20% off your online order. There you go. Okay, so we're going to be talking about something that is very interesting, and uh, like most things, it doesn't impact a lot of people, but everybody has an opinion on it. That's true. Um, and, and this is the transportainment industry here in Nashville, more specifically the party buses. Now, you may be thinking, why are we talking about party buses again? Well, it's it's not us. It's uh, Mayor Cooper wrote a, a letter, uh, you know, I... I it's public, um, but Mayor Cooper wrote a letter to, to the Metropolitan Transportation Licensing Commission uh, organization. There you go. <laughs> so uh, Mayor Cooper wrote a, a letter. We're going to read pretty much all of it uh, today. We have all of the, the articles that have kind of been written about this over at NashvilleDailyPodcast.com. So you can take a look at all of the, the sources, all the articles that are talking about this. But this is a very interesting uh, letter. That's the reason we've titled this episode Party Pooper Cooper, uh, because in Cooper's words, uh, it's, it's time to regulate the party. That's what, that's what he said. If he said, interestingly enough, if there's basically anything, any, any bus that is approved, anything, then uh, he said, 
we're pretty much already past uh, the point of no return. That's not exactly the words that he used, but uh, very similarly. And as you determine how many permits to award, award, I would like to point out that any number greater than zero is already a compromise. There we go. So that's, that's and then he, he says there. in another sentence, it's time to regulate the party. Time to regulate the party. So, uh, again, lots of people have an opinion on this. Um, uh, I think the perspective that you'll hear us coming from is is not that uh, it's a good or bad thing, but uh, it's probably going to be over-regulated. And uh, I think this is coming from an interesting, an interesting place uh, where the heart of all of this is coming from. We'll talk about that probably towards the the end with our thought on that but let's let's talk about the contents of this letter for this we'll go to news channel five they've pinned the entire uh letter on here uh so to the full letter starts with this is from mayor cooper dear members of the metro transportation licensing commission that's a tongue twister in itself aka the public as well yeah we're gonna all read this yeah this is a public letter (laughs) Uh, Cooper starts off with, thank you for your attention on the issue of entertainment transportation vehicles. For over two years, my office has worked with stakeholders, Metro Council, and state legislators to regulate these vehicles. In February 2020, I said, quote, we want to ensure that everyone who visits Music City has a great time, unquote, continues, but that, quote, complete lack of local control over these entertainment vehicles in one of our busiest neighborhoods has created safety concerns and tremendous headaches for both downtown brick and mortar businesses, residences, and local commuters. By working with the state, we hope to ensure that downtown Nashville remains a fun world-class tourist destination. Oh, now we want to regulate (laughs) world-class things, not the world-class stadium, but world-class things. He he uses that in different ways. Uh, A world-class tourist destination while implementing common sense policies that prevent traffic jams and disturbances to local residents and businesses. Well, I'll just say this. We've already passed the traffic jam point for downtown Nashville uh, especially yeah, we, we talked about that on Tuesday's episode with the, the commuter times into yeah. downtown Nashville. And we were ranked the worst in the country when you have hundreds <laughs> of thousands of vehicles using these local streets that were made daily for, basis. We're only made for like a hundred thousand vehicles. It's, it's not just the, uh, not just the problem of the, of, of the party buses. Uh, I, I drive back and forth from downtown on almost a daily basis along the path of party buses. Uh, I, I promise you they are not, they are, they are not any cause for concern on that level. Now on Broadway, uh, yes, they may cause a traffic jam on Broadway, I, but, but to be fair, when have you ever gone on a normal speed on Broadway? That's true. <laughs> Five o'clock in the morning. That's like the only time yeah. there's no vehicles. At five o'clock in the morning, besides the beer trucks. There you go. Now, I, I will give this to Pete. The, the, I think one of the, the most legitimate complaints in here is, uh, which can be solvable, is the, the noise level from these things. Yeah. I, I think, especially disrupting places of business, residences. We've already talked about in previous episodes, uh, there's a, a, a large school downtown and mm-hmm. disrupting classrooms there. Uh, I, I can understand that. But there's more, there's more uh, really regulation that's tried to be enforced around uh, the party buses than there are for the bars that are downtown every day breaking the the rules and regulations. Especially such Kids as, Rock's bar. Uh, especially such as you can't have speakers that face 
uh, towards out, Broadway, towards the windows or out, yeah. out the windows towards Broadway. Every time I'm on Broadway, there's speakers that are facing uh, <laughs> uh, open open windows to the streets to pump mm-hmm. out the music. Uh, I mean, it's just it's one of those things. Everybody knows that it's to be expected. Everybody knows that it's happening. Nobody really gets fined for it. Nobody gets fined for all those weird neon light sign uh, laws that that uh, I don't know if they're still on the books or not. Well, so the, are you talking about the? Uh you can't have a neon light in like particular places or yeah. a certain height or things like that. Uh, I mean, there, there's some interesting uh, things that are, that are regulated there. Uh, and, and now we're kind of seeing some party bus regulation here, some heavy regulation for party bus. I understand some of these things, yeah, th- this uh, but, feels- but, but with, with Cooper's statement that you read earlier, anything past uh, zero is already, uh, a is already a compromise, I think is uh, taking it a little bit, too far they this feels like the scooter debate of 2018 <laughs> you're not wrong like you're not wrong all these scooters like 6,500 and something scooters were in nashville and then they had to regulate it feels exactly like that i know there's a little bit more money probably involved uh for the local operators and the scooting companies were more of an, a big chain nationwide but it, it, that's what it feels like. It feels like every few years we have to have some type of regulation on something. Yep. All right. So uh, later in this uh, in this letter, Cooper says, as you determine regulations and the number of permits for entertainment transportation vehicles or transportainment, I encourage you to pay careful attention to the, quote, public necessity provision. Is there a public need for these vehicles in Nashville? Not a private business interest. Not a tourist desire, not a market demand, but public necessity. Uh, I echo many thousands of Nashvillians when I say Nashville does not need these vehicles. In fact, there is a public need not to have those vehicles clogging up our public streets and bringing quality of life concerns to our neighborhoods and businesses. So then, then he goes on to say, uh, were you about to say something? Well, yeah, yeah, because this is, to me, in an open letter where the public can read this, this is a, a little bit disturbing to me. Is there a public need for these vehicles in Nashville? Uh, it, it's it's kind of interesting to think. Okay, does there need? Does there have to be a public need in order to get entertainment approved in Nashville? Uh, as far as even entertainment on the road, uh, if we were to say these things about the the trolleys that go around. And give tours. They've got amplification in their uh, in their speakers. I mean, uh, they don't sell alcohol. That's one of the main differences in there. And people are seated. Uh, but it seems like it's too far to take the question: Is there a public uh, need for these vehicles in Nashville? Um, that, that's kind of it, it's. There's not a public need for many things. Yeah, that's true. Uh, there's not a public need for hundreds of thousands of vehicles on Broadway. Uh, oh, yeah, and part or, of the reason or, for or, that is because in the down on the downtown roads. Yeah, part of the reason for that is because Nashville has lacked in the Department of Transportation. Yeah, and uh, building public infrastructure. <laughs> uh, and so I, I think the question is: there a public need for these vehicles in in Nashville? To me, is is kind of a, a dumb question. Uh, there there apparently is a public necessity provision in there to to uh, give out the permits, but I don't know why. I don't know why that's in the permitting process. Um, to, for, for them to say, is there a public necessity for this? Now, I can understand 
kind of why there's a permitting process, kind of like we said to the scooter companies, hey, you can only have, there can only be three scooter companies in town or whatever it was, uh, so that we don't have like 20 million abandoned scooters in the streets. Or in the river. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand. There's a limit from zero to 100. Like, I know that there's a middle ground somewhere, um, but it's not zero. The, the middle ground is not zero and regulating the existence out of these party vehicles. All right, so the letter goes on to say, the operators of party vehicles will cite economic impact as a way to rationalize tolerating their noise, traffic disruptions, and safety risks. In fact, our business community has made it clear these party vehicles have a negative impact on business in and around downtown. Party vehicle operators will highlight tourist demand as evidence of their contributions to Nashville hospitality scene, which the Nashville Business Journal goes on to say, uh, it's anywhere from what 40, 40 to eighty million dollars of economic impact for the city of Nashville. That is correct. Yeah, which is crazy. Okay, and, and, and it's kind of the the bachelorette industry it was one hundred and forty six million dollars, well, and that's a huge. Uh, but now back to John Cooper's letter. But when I speak with residents and visitors, hotel managers, restaurant owners, and convention hosts, I hear over and over again that party buses are deteriorating from the Nashville experience. He says they're, they're detracting oh, from detracting. The, the Nashville experience. Let's just see how many of those, uh, those people went on a party bus and also went to those restaurants, hotels, conventions. I, I bet the number it's is probably, actually it's probably high. Uh, I bet the number is actually fairly high. Yeah. Uh, Cooper goes on to say, and of course, you have heard party vehicle owner site job creation as rationale for granting permits. I will remind you that Nashville metro area has a 2.4% unemployment rate, third lowest in the nation. There are many job openings in our hospitality industry. The greater risk is the disruptive effects of these vehicles resulting in a job, a loss of jobs downtown as office tenants relocate and guests opt to travel somewhere else. My, my question, yeah, my question, sorry, uh, is... Are they relocating because downtown Nashville is just too expensive? <laughs> well, it would be interesting to see if somebody has relocated because of party buses. I think it's an interesting conversation, um, and, and, but I don't think the, the solution is you're gone, you're done. I, I, and and, and, and I, yeah, I, I think there, I think there are other ways to uh, to work around the routing um, because you're going to have a much better. Uh, business relationship with these party buses if you can work with them rather than uh, constantly opposing their existence. Also, I think it's pretty rude in, in this the paragraph that we just read where uh, Cooper's like, there are other areas in the hospitality industry to get a job. So just stop what you're doing and go get a job somewhere else. That's that's exactly what he's saying, uh, which is, which is that's just, that's pretty rude. Uh, he continues to say, as you consider regulations, I encourage you to establish a distinct category for tour vehicles that are seated and do not involve alcohol. I support the uh, I support the call for hours of operation to end at 11 p.m. I think that's fairly reasonable. With restrictions during weekday rush hour, you're going to be busy. Uh, you're going to be busy whether or not it's rush hour or not. It's probably best that party vehicles don't go. They probably don't want to operate it uh, during rush hour because they can't get anywhere either. That's true. Uh, Cooper goes on to say, I do not see why this commission should issue any permits for unenclosed vehicles, uh, which pose greater safety risks and disruption. Okay. What about a pedal tavern? Yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, or a scooter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, the list goes on. One topic of discussion has been operating zones, which by its very nature is an acknowledgement of the quality of life concerns these vehicles pose to residences and businesses. And as you determine how many permits to award, I would like to point out that any 
number greater than zero is already a compromise. I mean, this is just, I think that's a, a very poor argument that, uh, the, uh, the quality of, of life argument. I think, uh, most people who move into downtown Nashville kind of understand what the scene is. I think that, uh, just by acknowledging that it's loud, doesn't mean you have to eliminate it. Yeah. Uh, doesn't, it, it doesn't mean it should not exist. I mean, uh, there are plenty of zones that are super loud in downtown Nashville. We have plenty of things in downtown Nashville that are, that are a deterrent from being there other than party vehicles. The crime downtown, the homelessness downtown, uh, is just astronomical right now. Mm-hmm. And those are, uh, of, uh, probably more concern to a lot of people to keep their office staff actually safe and not just worried about loud noises. Yep. And it, how much do you hear about, uh, Cooper talked a little bit about homelessness, but, but crime is not talked about from the podium at all. And it's not, at and it's, all it's literally in downtown Nashville. I just read an article the other day that somebody was robbed over a beer. Yep. They beat up one person for over a beer. So like, and that's happening all the time and it's just not talked about from Cooper's stage. Do do you want to talk about making sure that downtown is livable? Let's work on the crime first. Let's work on the crime. Yeah. Um, So Cooper goes on to say, in fact, there's a public need not to have these vehicles on our street, disturbing residences and businesses. He continues to say, I ran for mayor to make Nashville work for everyone. And right now we have an unworkable situation with dozens of party vehicles that only work for the owners and the riders who have reckless disregard for life, <laughs> uh, reckless disregard for quality of life here. I doubt that that's the case. Now I, <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that, 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 uh, that they're going to crank it, that they're not going to crank it up to 11. They're going to crank it up to the 11 if, if you allow them. Uh, yep. But that doesn't mean they have a disregard for quality of life. I think that's, uh, that's, that's pretty absurd. Uh, he continues to say, help me fix the problem and protect the public interest. Uh, thank you for your tireless work on the issue in service of neighbors across Nashville. Sincerely, John Cooper mayor. Yeah. All right. So that's his public letter about, uh, party vehicles. Now I think it's time for our thoughts. Yeah. So, uh, and, and also let us know if you want to pause this, let us know your thoughts on this, uh, on, on YouTube, or you want to send us a, DM on Instagram at xplr.nash. Let us let us know what you think about this because it's it's a it's going to be a hot topic in Nashville. Um, Mayor Cooper has uh, penned many public uh, statements and, and letters lately. Yeah, especially uh, in the Tennessee and for the Nissan State. Yeah, and, and so yeah. we're seeing a lot of this, and and uh, he's kind of taking the spotlight, kind of as he's. I would expect the announcement for uh, running for re-election here pretty soon, uh, and and we're kind of seeing these these core issues. Uh, brought up and I think he's going to use them things like I want to regulate party vehicles and uh, schools and all this stuff are going to be his main uh, main platforms that you will hear and kind of starting in the early stages with a letter like this Um, but one of the things that I truly think is happening here is we've we've talked about this over the past year and a half Nashville is moving into not moving into the luxury space. The luxury scene in Nashville is being added um, pretty fast. Uh, we've seen the Grand Hyatt come in as kind of the first sign of these 
uh, luxury hotels, the Four Seasons, the W, the uh, Ritz. The, the Ritz is is uh, on track to be built now. And uh, we're seeing all of these fine dining experiences now pop up uh, almost weekly in Nashville. We're seeing a lot of New York City downtown restaurants uh, establish a home here. And, and so what we're seeing is a lot of people who uh, may be just overly worried about their clientele, um, you know, thinking that Nashville is a trashy place and maybe not spending their dollars here as much, which is an interesting perspective. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's understandable to be worried uh, as a luxury person that, that uh, you, your clientele uh, may be detracting from here and, and not necessarily worried about it. But, you know, luckily we have a perspective on that, not personally, <laughs> but uh, uh, Stuart, you have... Uh, You've dealt with and, and given tours of uh, some of the, the the wealthiest people in the uh, world, the, the world yeah. uh, here in in Nashville, and and what are they saying about these party vehicles? Well, so it, it's really interesting because I've been in the luxury space for close to five years now, and I know the luxury space very intimately here in Nashville, and a lot of the clientele that I have. They are, they're fascinated by the party vehicles. They're like, I think I want to ride that. We never do because I tell them the the, the cons of party vehicles. <laughs> you have to sit inside this enclosed chamber if you want to have alcohol when we could do that at like the Ryman or something. Like we could do that at a nice venue. Uh, but uh, a lot of people are very fascinated with the party vehicles. And now I don't know if their opinions would change if they lived here and they had to deal with sitting behind party vehicles all the time with traffic type situations. Uh, but everyone I've talked to, they're fascinated and they love they love people watching the party vehicles. And so they, they're like, yeah, let's keep them going. But they're not living in here in this city. So I understand that coin of it. Uh, the thing is, is. I believe in the free market, let the free market fix itself. And yeah, there needs to be a few regulations on how many could be in downtown. Like if there's like 600 vehicles, like that's too many, but like a good 30 vehicles, I think that's a good number. Yeah. I mean, we already have volume regulations with downtown Nashville. Broadway's given us a great perspective on that. Second Avenue is a part of that. And and so we, we understand volume and city limits. And, and so we can help use that to, to shape sound limits uh, for these vehicles and make a little bit of a better experience going by businesses and, and those and places. Schools, yeah. But I, I truly think this comes from a place and I'm, a, I'm not saying that this is the case, but what I feel like is happening is people who own these major luxury uh, areas and, and that are, are looking to attract more either visitors or people to live in their luxury spaces are are really, really telling Cooper and the mayor's office to get a grip on this. Uh, and so that's why we're seeing such an overwhelming force uh, on these these transportainment vehicles. And, and they do have a say. They're, they're investing hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars into this city. They have a say. And, but the, the thing is, is like if you want to have a say about the party vehicles, you also have to have a say about crime. Yep. And you also have to have a say about public transportation, which our city lacks tremendously. And so, like, there's a few things that can fix all of this, just have a noise regulation, and then also fix fix the crime in downtown Nashville, which that's going to be hard to do. Uh, And then also provide public transportation for people. Yeah. So, so it, it, it's interesting to see this as, as top of mind, uh, essentially. I, I don't think it needs to be top of mind, 
but Cooper is treating this as a, a pillar issue um, when I think there are, are many, many more important things to, to talk about and cover here in Nashville. Well, tomorrow we're talking about development news. Let us know below what your thoughts are about party vehicles. Should they stay or should they go? Tomorrow is Saturday. Oh, tomorrow's Saturday. Monday, we're talking about <laughs> development news. I couldn't remember what day it is. There you go. So let us I'm know what you think. about the party vehicles. There you go. Let us know your thoughts on the party vehicles. Be sure to think, Brad, and we'll see you on Monday. Thank you for listening to Nashville Daily. To learn more about today's episode, visit NashvilleDailyPodcast.com. And to stay connected, head to our Discord and you can find the link at NashvilleDailyPodcast.com slash connect. Nashville Daily is now offering tours. If you'd like to take a tour of downtown Nashville, head to the link in the show notes or find out more details at NashvilleDailyPodcast.com. Nashville Daily Podcast is an Explore.Nash production, copyright 2022.